Hey everyone, welcome to the March 11th, 2019 edition of the Colorful Plates podcast. Thank you for tuning in this morning. In this week's podcast, as always, we will be giving you the rundown on market alerts. We are also extremely excited to announce that Jamie spoke with James Beard winner, celebrity top chef judge, author and owner of four dining establishments in Atlanta, Georgia, Hugh Atchison. We briefly spoke to Hugh about his take on fresh local produce and some of his new and exciting adventures. For the full interview, be sure to tune in Thursday. Finally, Christina from Sunkiss stopped by the studio to tell us all about Citrus and Sunkiss' newest venture. Let's start with a quick look at the weather in our market reports. Cooler temperatures persist in most California growing regions, Yuma and Florida, with Mexico being the exception. Florida and Mexico are also experiencing seasonal precipitation. The market for grainy and golden apples continues to lack availability. As apple production transitions west, for that added crunch, try using green or red grapes instead, as supplies are consistent. Supplies of cauliflower heads and florets are extremely tight. Just like cauliflower, broccoli supplies are also light. However, with improved weather, look for supplies to increase. But for now, try using some cold weather menu favorites such as Swiss chard, endive, chicory, or frisee that are in peak season. Lettuce is tight across the board for iceberg, romaine, and leaf, and quality is fair at best. The tender leaf market has started to pick up on spring mix, arugula, baby spinach, and cello spinach, but will be tight going into next week. Consider using romaine hearts or pre-cut product for best overall quality. Strawberries are still light in all growing areas. Instead, use blackberries, raspberries, or blueberries as quality and pricing are very good for all three. And there you have it, folks. That's your quick weekly rundown of your market reports. Jamie spoke with Chef Hugh Atchison, chef and owner of 5 and 10 in the National in Athens, Georgia, as well as Empire State South and Spiller Park Coffee in Atlanta. We get Hugh's take on how he keeps things fresh in his kitchen. What are the challenges that a fine dining chef would face versus a fast casual? And like, how would a fast casual chef stay creative, basically, because they're kind of doing the same thing every day? Yeah, I mean, I think in this world of cooking culture, you need to be inspiring people and encouraging people and creating a great work environment. I don't think that that changes uh low-end to high-end restaurants. I don't think it changes from fast casual to fine dining. Um, I think that, you know, the, the impetus to do great is, is the main factor and Mm -hmm. the, the want to push the envelope a little bit. And nobody's, you know, fast casual restaurants are built on, uh, equations of food that can make money to the bottom line. Mm -hmm. I mean, fine dining is too. It's just more, emphasis is placed on hopefully selling really expensive wine to pay the mortgage. Um, so, but it's a really similar idea, but you know, I think that the, the biggest push for chefs in fast casual is to realize that a lot of fine dining chefs are very envious of, of fast casual these days. That's why they're all trying to come up with the, the next, you know, um, sweet green or something like that. To hear more from Jamie and Hugh, tune in Thursday to catch their entire discussion in which Hugh expands on his relationship with cooking, his style, and how he capitalizes on the functionality of fresh produce and more. This week, we enjoyed speaking to Christina from Sunkist, who gives us a rundown of what's in season and how citrus is being used in new and fun ways. So, Christina, tell me a little bit about the Sunkist operation. So, Sunkist is a not-for-profit cooperative. Um, We're entirely owned by and operated for the California and Arizona citrus growers who make up our membership. Uh, we have a long history in fresh citrus. Um, we've been around for 125 years. Uh, and this milestone is just another reason um, we're able to celebrate our family-owned farms 
uh, and the values and legacy of the Sunkiss brand. Um, many of our, our growers are fourth or fifth generation citrus growers. So when, um, when people buy Sunkiss fruit, uh, whether it be an orange, a lemon, a grapefruit, a mandarin, a tangelo, um, what they're doing is um, they're also supporting family farmers. Um, so it's a, mm-hmm. it's a worthy cause. Um, and another interesting thing is because of the generational piece of our growers, they've been passing down traditions for generations. Tell us a little bit about what's currently in season. What are you guys producing? What do we have to look forward to? Yeah, so Sunkiss Growers has more than 40 um, citrus varieties. And like I mentioned, those citrus varieties include oranges, lemons, grapefruit, mandarins, and tangelos. So there's something that appeals to every taste. And citrus season for Sunkiss uh, starts in October and goes through May. And every single variety that's available has its own personality and a story to tell. What we've seen is, um, you know, different people, depending on their flavor, the flavor profile of the fruit and their preferences are gravitating towards a lot of the specialty fruit these days. Um, mm-hmm. Once they get uh, exposed or introduced to something like a, a Cara Cara navel orange or a blood orange. I mean, they just want, they just come back for more. We actually just received some golden nuggets. Um, oh, the gold the nuggets. Today. Yes. Yeah. They are so good. <laughs> like <laughs> it's insane. They're easily, they peel easy and they're so delicious and fruity. It's, and they smell amazing. Um, as I was, as I was peeling one, I was thinking, you know, this rind is super aromatic and just full. You can tell it's full of flavor. Um, Mm -hmm. and then it led me to think chefs or mixologists could use this in a drink and add some sort of flavor to it. Oh, yeah. So we actually, um, we just, uh, partnered and collaborated with some chefs and mixologists to come up with new creative ways to do more than just garnish a dish with, um, or a drink with citrus. And so we've been able to develop um, over two dozen uh, new recipes that we're about to um, release on our website, sunkiss.com forward slash recipes. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's a lot of fun ways to use citrus that you know, in a way that's um, making the actual fruit the superstar. Um, so for example, we had um, a mixologist created a um, miniola margarita. And so it's taking Mm -hmm. that Mineola citrus and making it um, the main focus of the margarita instead of the traditional lime. And so it's a little more tangy and less tart. Yeah, that sounds like it would be a great opportunity for chefs to expand the horizon on citrus. What other type of uh, recipes do you guys have on there? Is it just towards mixologists or is it across the board? Oh, we're actually, we've been working with um, new plant-based recipes. Um, Mm -hmm. We also have um, recipes that are um, substituting salt with citrus. Um, So using lemon juice with food in a natural way to add flavor. Um, it also boosts potassium intake and cuts down on the salt use. And so it's um, we're using sun-kissed lemons as what we call a alternative. I don't think that's something that people automatically think of. You know, I feel like it's a little bit more of a Mediterranean idea. You know what I mean? Adding lime and lemon to dishes, <laughs> but not here. So that's really awesome. Well, we definitely want to see what um, their chefs by nature are creative, right? And so if they have dishes um, and ways that they're using sunkissed citrus, I mean, we're encouraging everybody to share that on social with, you know, hashtag share what's real. And we'd, we'd love to be able to, to see those creative uses. 
Thank you to Christina and Hugh for chatting with us today. And thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. And as always, stay fresh.